Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. I'm with uh, three members of my firefighting family. I have Scott. Hi there. Sorry. And I've got Ash. Hello. And we have Sparky. Hello. Rob. In a while. AKA Rob. Yeah. Um, anyways, thanks for joining us tonight, everyone. Uh, my name is Todd. Um, I guess news. We're going to start out with uh, something that we popped up. Uh, we, the Hebeville Fire Department in Nova Scotia. What was Sneedville? Sneedville. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to some people's comments, it's probably, the truck would probably be more suiting there. But Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so they posted a picture of a new apparatus that they got. It's more important for you to spell Nova Scotia again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the Eastern spelling, right? <laughs> sure it was. <laughs> Uh, they had, they just received a new apparatus. It looked like it was a, like a Dodge, um, single cab, um, well, 3500, that makes something bigger. Yeah, 3545, 55, they get big. Um, with, uh, it looked like maybe a 55 foot ladder mm-hmm. on it. No, um, 65. Didn't someone make a comment? 65, yeah. 65. Yeah, I'm sure they were. There wasn't a lot of information that was actually uh, posted on the yeah the like true information it, yeah yeah and anyways it uh it sparked a lot of conversation a lot of comments about um if it's uh certified with nfpa because uh, it wasn't a fire truck it was a essentially uh like what you'd find in a like line company power company i guess or yeah, not even bigger, bigger. Bigger. yeah so it was like a very similar look like it was a, a dual axle um, with a uh, utility box in the back uh, with a ladder mount uh, yeah. on it. And generally what we see in our area for the utility companies, it's a pretty short little ladder that they have or a little bucket truck, right? Yeah. Um, however, this one looked like it was at least 55 to 65 feet. Um, it's pretty skookum. And then that, of course, started the comments of, well, it, that's not NFPA certified. There's no way it can be a NFPA certified, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that tonight. Right. Because... NFPA, that's what we always say, NFPA is just the standard. It's not a law. It's not a, I mean, maybe in the States there's some, I don't know, there were some comments about in the States they have to follow certain things. Yeah, there might be something different. Even there, federal, I don't, I don't, yeah, there's, yeah, there's federally and any DOD yeah. um, contracts that you have that's still not NFPA. Yeah. Like, NFPA just says, yeah, it probably should be this. If you don't want to follow it, yeah, feel the guideline. You don't have to. Nope. Um I know it's it's the standard, and for lawsuit wise, they're probably like, "Well, did you follow what?" Because all that's going to happen is the lawyers don't know anything about fire, so they're going to go, "Well, what's the standard?" And they're going to, "Well, this thing called NFPA is a standard." They're going to go, well, mm-hmm. "Let's look at that." Well, you guys run up to this standard, <clears throat> but I feel there's an argument there that can be made, at least in Canada, that if you're doing your due diligence and you know, numerous other things, were you negligent? And this is only if something goes wrong. That's right. So what front of it looks like in that that apparatus wasn't built by some hillbillies in their garage. No, that looks like <laughs> it, was it was. A, it was a legit truck. Yeah, yeah. it's going to go up to yeah. spec and, and bid on and the whole works, right? It's not just some rednecks welding something up on the back of a truck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, what's, what's that video? That four truck. The guy with the little Honda Civic and he's got the, <laughs> the ladder and... Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that yeah, video? That, yeah. Like redneck Billy or... Yeah. yeah. No, it was a ginger Billy. Yeah, yeah he's awesome. Yeah. So it wasn't that. It was Art. it was a legit truck that someone built. Like it was specced. It was everything was built properly. It appears. Um, mm-hmm. It just didn't have any. It didn't look like it had any firefighting capability. Right. But does it matter? 
Mm -hmm. You need firefighting capability to rescue people. Well, and on that, um, Pierce is doing all of their, like, they've got a whole bunch of their, I don't know what they call them, like, the dry truck, where there's there's no water, there's no pump. It's just a ladder, it's just a ladder truck. Yeah, so this one does have a pump. No, it doesn't even have, uh, it has a monitor. And, and it's got a, it's got a uh, snorkel on it. Does it have a pump or does it have a just It's a... got a snorkel. Reading other comments here on it, it's got a snorkel, but it's got a plumbing for hooking up to another truck. Oh, so oh, okay. it's so like, it's, it's got no water it's like capability a giant other, than, other than it's a <laughs> yeah. big nozzle, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of the idea that we use as our current high up that we have, mm-hmm. I mean, which is much smaller than that. Correct. Um. And it was just kind of a way for us to get a little bit of elevated water. It wasn't necessarily, uh, not really going to be made for lots of rescues or anything. No, it's definitely more not a rescue. Getting it's a little bit of water elevated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just kind of a proof of concept thing. Yeah. But, I mean, we've, we've, and I know other departments have done this, commandeered mm-hmm. bucket bucket trucks before. We have. We've commandeered, scissor, you, you were on a scissor lift once in a fire. Yeah, our, our massive high school fire, which is... Uh, well, the entire fucking thing was was going, and yeah, yeah, yeah we had because it was a construction uh, zone. Uh, we had permission to use some of it, and we had, it helped awesome. We uh, ran our two and a halfs up, and then I think we had some inch and a halfs as well, just for that aerial advantage, right? Because the walls are mm-hmm. so high and they're still standing, we needed to actually lob and, and place water in specific spots. So it right. gave us that elevation advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, what? Listen, that's not that's not NFPA. Group. I wonder. I wonder <laughs> if NFPA doesn't apply to this because it's not an engine. It's not a pumper. It doesn't have water capacity on it. Doesn't yeah. have pump on it. It doesn't have to follow those guidelines. It's basically. But again, it doesn't matter if NFPA approves it or not. You know what I mean. Yeah, like so. Like really, I don't know. I mean, if if mm-hmm. um, WorkSafe or whoever approves mm-hmm. of things approves of it. So that that truck body, like not the ram portion of it, the, like the truck body uh, that has the outriggers, that has the bucket and the ladder mm. or whatever, that has to be like that has to meet spec. Yep. And like I I don't know what commercial vehicle inspection is like out in Nova Scotia, but like even our bucket truck has to have yeah. like it passes spec every season, and that's not to put somebody up there and spray water from. Mm. That's to be out on the highway, stop outriggers out. And raise somebody in this bucket. That thing is going to have to pass spec. Mm. So it will be, it will check its engineering. It's going to check for safety. It's going to check all of the moving parts. And it will get signed off every year that mm. you can put somebody on that ladder at full extension and whatever weight capacity it can then hold. And I'm sure, look, you know, looking at it, it's going to be enough for a firefighter and for somebody that you're rescuing and possibly more. It's like it looks like a legitimately specced out unit. It's just sitting on a Dodge 30, 40, 5,500 chassis, which is what they use in the industry, just not in the fire industry. <clears throat> and like somebody said, it's, you know, to get around in the tight sh- spaces. Tight spaces is perfect. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and reading some of the comments, you're right, Rob. It's so it's looking like it's 65 feet <clears throat> and uh, either a five pound. 500 uh, gallon per minute or 650 gallon per minute um, nozzle to the tip nozzle yeah. so right. yeah so it's got to be fed um, and that that's probably yeah that's probably going to help a lot right just and who knows their apparatus we don't know their community we don't know like it's a purpose built uh, piece of apparatus and the um, the designer the building of the company was out of Quebec 
is where the truck was built. Yeah, so, you know, again, it's, when we, I think when we talk a lot about um, our smaller communities, like, sometimes our engines, you know, they're, they're kind of stock off the shelf, and we change a few little things to them. Um, but then you do need special pieces of apparatus, so special builds yeah. uh, for our community, where, you know, our, a cookie-cutter rescue truck, for example, isn't going to fit our community. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, if you're only doing highway rescues or et cetera, you know, then that may work. Yeah. So this is clearly I feel, purpose. Yeah, I feel a lot of the negative comments are from probably departments that are more in that cookie-cutter realm. I mean, we had yeah. a truck here because we're, we're, we're currently <coughs> looking to buy a new truck, mm-hmm. and we had a truck from, from Pierce. Nice truck. And we're kind of looking at it like, it had some weird oddities to it. And we're like, what are these, like, why is this on here? They're like, oh, that's a, it was a stock truck from Cal, Cal Fire. Fire. Yeah. And it's basically the truck that Cal Fire gets. And they buy like 10 of them a year or something. Or mm-hmm. more. I don't know. Or more, I think, yeah. And he says, this is just, that's a spec truck. That's what they get. Right. He's like, they don't change anything. Every truck's the same. We're like, okay. <laughs> Which is awesome. It's probably perfect for them down there. Yeah, large, but, large corporations, yeah. And maybe this is a new... Like, these guys are maybe cutting edge on this thing. Yep. Was that saying, like, one, two things firefighters hate is with the way things are now and change? Mm-hmm. Right. It's basically, like... Yeah. Well, that's it. It seems like there's so much blind following. Like, well, that's not normal. Therefore, <laughs> it can't meet NFPA standards. Therefore, mm-hmm. I'm going to make fun of it. Yeah. And you're seeing that so much. That's so frustrating when you read some, some of these comments. It's just blind following. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me what's wrong with that truck. Other than it doesn't look like a normal aerial apparatus. Mm-hmm. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. If it meets spec where it can extend ladders and put weight on that, boom. And suits your needs. And suits your needs yeah. for a Key. fraction of the cost. Yeah. Like I get in large cities, you need a large ladder truck that can extend whatever. But who knows what this needs. It and, suits it for them, I'm sure. And there's still an operating department within Canada. So they're going to have SOGs. And SOPs and everything else to go along with this. We've got work safe guidelines, like all sorts of stuff. So it's not like again, you know, we're just jumping on a orchard ladder with yeah. with a two and a half. <laughs> well, and I I seem to remember the original like an original, original aerial. Wasn't it like a fruit picking? Like wasn't it like basically what we have around here for Probably. Actually there's there's somebody that posted a photo of uh, I thought it was a built, ladder in Chicago. Which I thought was built in BC, if I remember correctly, hmm. I have to look into that. Like the original ladders from back in the day, like aerial ladder, not yeah. a ladder, like not a hand ladder, but a ladder mm-hmm. that's off a truck. I thought it was based on basically a, a fruit picker, because you know hydraulics and such. And Probably right. I mean, it's got bigger and bigger and bigger and more scoop coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in a big city, the biggest ladder truck you got isn't going to the top of every yeah. building in a big city. No. Huh. It's only going into a few hundred feet. I don't even know. I don't even know what the biggest ladder is. Because I've never needed to know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, it ain't going to the top of the Empire State Building. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, you're only going to go so so high mm-hmm. with the ladder. So really, um, like these guys are like, oh, it should be bigger. It should be longer. Well, it should be a lot of things. But if they yeah. only got five stories, yeah, they're probably more than enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's plenty of truck yeah. to get there, right? Yeah, and again, I mean, who knows what this uh, community actually looks like and. And it's going to be purpose built for what they have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, it's you always see these big naysayers in, in these comments, and and then you get sucked down the the, the spiral of uh, 
of engaging all these people in these comments and it seems like a you never win but yeah i think i think it looks like a sharp truck um i'm sure it's going to fit their needs and there's probably many departments out there that do very similar things right have these purpose-built um apparatuses yeah Mm -hmm. um the other thing we wanted to talk about today was i guess uh a little bit of discussion on kind of exterior <laughs> operations. Uh, so if your department, for example, is um, just strictly exterior ops, you know, what's, I guess, Scott, what the, what's the next step as far as for training for a rescue, right? Because there are some comments on... Well, it came up on uh, the, the multiple calls um, Facebook page. Is multiple calls a podcast? I think they are. I believe so. Yeah, I think they're out of Ontario. Is that those guys? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, on their Facebook pages, they had posted a picture, and we reposted it. It said, uh, um, don't tell them to close their bedroom doors at night if you aren't trained to go get them when they call. So, what we posted on ours was, we reposted it, and um, basically, um, there's a lot of departments, especially in uh, British Columbia, and I don't know where else, there's uh, one of the the guys commented on Facebook, he says he couldn't find anywhere where there is only exterior operations. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, in our province, there is, um, in what we what we call the playbook. <clears throat> I think it's going to change its name soon because it's a stupid name. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is. When we playing football, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I keep imagining some chief somewhere with his like a wrinkle or uh, wrinkled copy of this thing in his back pocket. He pulls it up. Okay, pull up the playbook. What are we doing here? <laughs> Blue forty two. <laughs> it's like anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, stop. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this thing called the playbook, and it lays out all the stuff that we can do, and uh, as volunteer fire departments, and it gives us three levels of service. Yep. There's exterior only, interior, and full service. So exterior is just what it sounds like. You can fight if it's a structure fire. You can fight it from the outside only. Um, I think if it's IDLH, you can't go in. But you can go in if it's not ideal H, and then yeah. it gets into that. Well, what's ideal H? Because technically, if you go in and it's still smoky, it's. I mean, it's not immediately yeah. dangerous like that. So I guess that's where it falls mm-hmm. in. But and you still got to wear an SCBA to go in and yeah. do overhaul, right? So, mm-hmm. but it's basically you're not going in to really rescue anyone. Yeah. Um, whereas, so we follow interior because the full service is. Um, it's got a, a large gamut of stuff. I think there's like hazmat and yeah, especially rescues. Yeah, there's not a yeah. whole lot of uh, volunteer departments. In our province, that are going to have full. full service, and we've discussed it. We don't really need it because there's not just the extra specialties. We do a few of them, but we don't do them all. Right. So there's really no need for that. We we wanted to hit the interior mark for sure. Yes. And the, you guys are hitting the interior mark now. Yeah, we're in, we're interior as well. Uh, the end goal is to be full service at some point. Right. Um, we'll see what that time frame looks like because, as we know, there's a lot to it. Yeah. But, um, but there's several departments that we know of. Um, and it kind of comes down to the different regional districts. Because mm-hmm. the regional districts are in charge of some of the, most of the smaller departments. The majority of them, actually, yeah. in our area, other than a couple of our municipals. Yeah, yeah. and us. We're like we're the last two holdouts for uh, mm-hmm. where, we, we, where we have what's called a um, rural fire protection. That's right. So we don't have to rely on this regional district. Yeah. And, which is good, because we don't have to rely on their, their um, pocketbook. Because we mm-hmm. have our own, and we also don't have to rely on their their rules. <laughs> We're the only two in the province. We are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which we just talked about the other night. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we kind of get our money is our money, and we get to decide what we do with it. And that coupled with the town money, we can allocate where we need to. And also, that allows us to have our own authority, having jurisdiction. So we, as according to the playbook, we get to decide how training is run. Yeah. And there's a kind of a clause in the in the playbook that allows interior tra- uh, in-house training um, by qualified instructors. And you can basically, as long as you're following the um, the uh, job performance requirements, the GPRs, which are and which are NFPA, yeah, GPRs. As long as you're following those and you're checking them off and you're keeping good training records, you can do in-house. You don't need to do correct you know, one certification. You don't need to go to school and get all this stuff done. So that's what we do. We keep records. We do all this stuff, and it allows us more freedom to do things. And it allows us to go interior. And, um, yeah. But these other poor departments, like I always find, like, it's, you know, we have one really, really close to us, or a couple that are really close to us, mm-hmm. that don't, that aren't allowed to go interior. Mm-hmm. And there's been a few times where they've had to go interior. Not only to rescue, I don't think they've actually had to do it to rescue anybody, but just to, to not let the fire get out of control. So they went in and they put it, they put it out before it, before it became a fully involved fire. Um, and they they didn't get in trouble for it, but if something went wrong, they could have gotten in trouble for it. They definitely, right. def- no, is, they definitely could have, and that's... And maybe not even wrong. If someone was to complain, or someone, you know, some, I guess if some person that knew the rules walked by and went, no, those guys aren't going to be going in, there could be problems. Mm-hmm. And I just find it's, it's kind of... When, when this first came up in in the hall about the playbook and how exterior only, and we were like, oh, "What are we gonna do? Like, are we gonna go? We're we gonna get a school and have to go out out of the hall and hire and get pay all this extra money and do all this training?" And then we were kind of wringing our hands because we weren't sure what we were gonna do. Um, and then we talked to a, kind of an expert in in the thing, and then I also uh, contacted the uh, office of the fire commissioner and said, "Nope, you guys can do in house training." So that really opened it up for us. We're like, "Perfect." So. Um, but we were concerned, and as these guys should be, these other departments that are uh, basically held to the standard of exterior mm-hmm. only. Yeah, that's. I think. I, don't know, I think looking back, when those guidelines came into place as well, because we were always doing interior. For sure, know, it, it's hard to wrap your head around to all of a sudden, whoa, pump your brakes! You're not allowed now, mm-hmm. right? Like that'd be a real hard stop like that. Like if, if you, if you had that incident <clears throat> where you're used to going interior and let's say you're, you're, you're trained in it and maybe, maybe your records aren't up to place or cause when that did change, there, there was quite a few years, if I remember correctly, where they gave us, it's kind of a grace period yeah. to yeah. get up to speed and to show your mm-hmm. records where you could still kind of continue what you were doing. But then there was a hard deadline. Yeah. And the whole reason for it, they said was to, improve the quality of training and, um, and quality of service in the fire service in British mm-hmm. Columbia, but and the safety and all that stuff. But what we looked at, we're like, well, there wasn't a rash of line of duty deaths in British Columbia. No. We had one that was legit on the job that something happened on an accident up north from us. Yeah. But if you look at the, if, that, that was an exterior firefighting. Like, mm-hmm. He died because a, a sea can exploded. Um, just a fluke accident. I think the other line of duty death 
in the last few years was uh, the guy at Art Attack. There was another one near that time that some of this changed as well. Um, They actually knocked the fire down and they were in overhaul and they turned it into a training exercise. Mm, That was up north. Yeah, Yeah. way way up north. And yeah, we saw that one. The, the roof collapsed. Oh, yeah, you were, yeah, we were yeah. on that. Yeah, of course we were on. Yeah. And the roof collapsed and ended up killing one of the members inside. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they made all these changes, but really, we were like, well, what is the, what is the reason for it? Because there was not, it wasn't like, there was this rash of deaths and there wasn't like, there was this um, huge amount of accidents and um, there was just, what we were like, well, there's, like, what are you, like, you're just arbitrarily changing this? So it didn't make a lot of t- sense to us at the time. Obviously, it was pushed. I mean, it's not, and this is a conspiracy. I'm not saying it's like the, these people conspired, but it was definitely supported strongly by the um, the colleges that do fire training. Yeah, they're like, yeah, absolutely, you need that 1001, yeah. and oh, we can provide it now online for your <laughs> for your needs at you know, yeah, ten thousand dollars a pop or whatever it is for a guy. Um, the other problem is no one ever called. Like we didn't. No one put, announced it. Like as far as I know, no one wandered around the towns and went, oh, by the, by the way, everybody, we don't go in interior anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we never, we always stayed interior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But in these smaller towns where these people are assuming, these taxpayers are assuming, fire department's coming to save you. Yeah. No matter what. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Paying tax money. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean you're not coming in? Like, you know, they're, they're not going to know until it happens that they're not coming That's in. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like I said, they're going to try to come in because like we, like, you know, there are a lot of departments say, well. We'll play it by ear when it happens. I think you were saying that there was some talk. Well, there's some comments on even some of the posts that was made. Like, you know, it's that, that you know, kind of gray area where, yeah, I, I know we're not supposed to go in, but if we knew there was someone in there, we're making the push anyway. Yeah. So that sounds great. Okay, yay, yeah. we're all going to go and be heroes. But when was the last time that you were in a burning building? When was the last time that you trained for this? Yeah. Okay, so you don't. Okay, well, that sucks. So, um, if your department is exterior ops only, I mean, you might be handcuffed by whatever your governing agency tells you that you're able to do. But don't stop training there. Like, mm-hmm. push on. Get those skills. Keep pushing to try to be interior ops. And when you get there, at least you're ahead of the game. Or if you ever are caught in that that you know moment where I get we're not supposed to do this, but there's somebody in there and we're going to try to make that uh, grab. Mm-hmm. At least you have some training to fall back on. You're not just going in blind because you have this urge to go and help. Yeah. But you have no idea what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. And that's the reality of, I think, what you can kind of see in some of these smaller departments that are handcuffed by that exterior only. Um, everybody wants to go and help. Everybody, if, if that, you know, mom or dad or the kids, like, my somebody's in there, my somebody's in there, no sorry guys, we're exterior only. Mm. Like, that's never going to fly. I don't care anybody in the fire service if it's a viable save. But then again, to fall back again, if it's a viable save, well, how the ha- like, how do they know if it's a viable save? Yeah. Right? So now they're going in blind again, and now it might not be a viable save, and they're going to be charging in there because they don't know. Well, and they're going to use, potentially, you're going to use tactics from 20 years ago when the last yeah. time one of their guys trained to go interior, because that's mm-hmm. when it happened, right? Where right. I'm yeah. about what 20 years ago, it was however many years ago now, 10 years ago we did this, I forget when we transitioned over. 
Yeah, probably a, a little bit less. The playbook started, I think, about ten years ago. I think we finally adopted because we were. I, I think we were a bit of a holdout. Oh yeah, because sure. there was a lot of people in the department that are like, "Don't tell us what to do." Yeah, right. Mm. And that's kind of the old guard, right? And yeah. you know, then you start realizing, "Hey, this is actually a good, a good thing." And you know, all well, it's going to do is. I don't think yeah. I've ever agreed that was a good thing. I just agreed it was a thing. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. I think in the grand scheme of things, like it might not be a good thing for us. Like it might not have changed a lot of what we, yeah. what we were doing. I think I, it actually brought some of our training better because now yeah. we've kind of streamlined a lot of like, just there's been yeah. a lot of change since. And yeah. I don't. Well, definitely. Sorry. Yeah. You're right. Actually. Cause I, it didn't give us, it gives us some structure because before we were kind of, we would teach kind of everything mm-hmm. like in a, in a kind of weird order. But this gave us some structure for at least the first eight to ten classes for our guys. Absolutely. What needs yeah, to like recruit yeah. training, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and that was kind of spurred by the playbook. I Maybe mean, we would have got there eventually anyways, mm-hmm. just realizing um, what we used to do was a poor way to teach people. Right. Because it would, you know, it was like kind of, um, again, I like it into like a jiu-jitsu class. Like, you go to jiu-jitsu and you learn how to do all these crazy locks and the stuff you see in the UFC, but you never learn the basics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you, you know, no matter how much you train that, you're going to get your ass handed to you every time you, every time you grapple. Yeah. Versus you go to a beginner's class and you build yourself up and then, oh, I understand now. Mm-hmm. So it's like the same idea, right? You're, it used to be, we'd kind of like, well, what was your, <laughs> I was thinking about your first story when you first started. Yeah. You know, yeah what, did I, what did I do to you? Because. <laughs> Put yeah. me second man in on a interior attack. So this is literally like my first couple hours were not even. It was I learned how to put a SCBA on in the back of the truck going over to the training grounds. We had a bit of a chit chat before, and then yeah, this is a scenario. It was myself and a big and dude, a big fella in front of me, and we go in and we're making the push and everything's going good, and then. Uh, Somebody, I'm pretty sure it was Grant, pops their head around the corner, taps the guy in front of me on the shoulder, and he says, and now you're dead. <laughs> so this guy drops, and I am, I've been a firefighter for about eight minutes. <laughs> and my partner is now... I don't, think fully, I don't think the burn building is fully lit. I think it was like, smoked out. It was, it was smoked out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he's like, so what are you going to do now? I'm like fucking shit my pants is what I'm going to do now. <laughs> you start thinking about it. I'm like, so your brain starts, like your real world brain starts thinking. I'm like, I would call for help. And he says, okay, how would you do that? I'm like, well, I don't have a radio because now I'm eight minutes worth of a firefighter and I don't have a radio. <laughs> it's like, well, your partner does, right? I'm like, yep. So I roll, I, I uh, roll him over and I'm like, Kate, I would be calling for help now. He says, Kate, well, this is what we do. And it was a bit of a, a, a learning moment there as well. But says, okay, we say mayday, mayday, firefighter down, da 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 da. So I did the mayday, 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 firefighter down. And next thing you know, things start to happen. But like, my mind is blown. I'm like, this is insanity. <laughs> and so looking back on that now, I'm like, boom, knowledge. Yeah, these guys are all fucking cunts, man. Like, you can't throw me into that. <laughs> However, explicit lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. But, you know, I definitely learned a shit ton from it. And there, I think there's still value in teaching certain things that, that way. Um, yeah. I don't think um, everybody would respond. No, and I think that, that was the yeah. mentality back then. And even farther back was oh, the it was, sink or it was swim. Oh, trial by fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. literally like, yeah, go in there, yeah, you'll figure it out. What? 
Yeah. Well, like I always tell a story of my first time ever putting SCBA on was driving to a fire call in the back mm-hmm. of the truck, looking at the guy next to me going, it's like trying to figure out, okay. And I, like I said, I scuba dove before, so I understand the concept of SCBA, <laughs> but I just didn't know how stuff connected. Right. And then I was watching the guy, I'm like, oh, and like, thank God it was like a grass fire. It's pretty small, but mm-hmm. it was still like, and that was when, so that, that was always my, when I became training officer in my head, I was always like, Never going to do that to anybody else again. Yeah. They'll always be trained at least on the SCBA. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a terrible way, method of teaching and learning is, is that mm-hmm. way. So it is definitely better now, like night and day better. Night and day. Um, like after, you know, after we do our two months of kind of intro mm-hmm. and then we introduce, then, then the guys are now introduced kind of like left into the world a little bit with the guys on real calls. They're way more, um astute uh, firefighting right. well, sure. they're still not there 100 percent, but they're you know at least they're not going uh what's what end of the nozzle do they have yeah exactly i think that was also that era like when that started coming into place where we realized that okay like there's a lot more um opportunity for us to start getting more training and to do that layering and yeah. properly mm-hmm. i wouldn't say properly i guess but but just a better way of actually uh, building that that training platform for sure. Yeah, right. I think that was the point too. Probably we started to getting not yet smaller class sizes for our groups or yeah. smaller group sizes. But mm-hmm. again, the way we had been, at least when I first started, was one big group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. We didn't split everybody up. Yeah. 25 guys group. sitting around in a circle. And you've got. And we threw a ladder. Yeah, and we watched guys. two guys do the ladder and everyone's like, nah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And of course, now everybody gets hands on training. Everybody does the task. Everybody learns how to do it versus mm-hmm. only a couple of guys, and you're stuck having to try and remember what did we do last week again. For right. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like now, we literally, when we have a training planning meeting, we try to figure out the best way to make sure the most amount of people are engaged at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if we're like, if we're doing the burn building, like what I actually I'm thinking in my head in October, if we're doing the burn building, what I'm thinking for practice, what I want to do is uh, we're going to do VIS, but we're going to have. Uh, VIS on the lower build on the lower window, VIS on the upper window, yeah. and while that's happening, have the interior attack team get prepared with the fan stuff. So as soon as those two VISs are done, they push in. Not a scenario. It's just it's basically like those quick attacks we do, those quick mm-hmm. searches we do, but just all as one mm-hmm. big kind of crew. That's and right. then they So it's it gets six to nine, depending on how big we're gonna make these attack teams. Six to nine guys working. Plus an incident commander. So it's easy. That's 10, 10 to 12 people that are going yeah. mm-hmm. to be working, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we do when we plan. We try to see, okay, well, is everybody going to be engaged? Sometimes we can't. Like, like sometimes we, we have to do things that aren't going to be, everyone's not going to be super engaged. Mm-hmm. Like we just did traffic control this last week. And the two guys teaching traffic control, they made it as exciting as you make traffic control. Um, like it sounded like it was actually kind of entertaining for traffic control because <laughs> traffic control is fairly benign. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like I, I heard Adam was driving by in, in the one truck on, on his work truck and like running over cones, like being just, just the typical, like the classic looky Lou, like swerving into cones and not watching for firefighters and just being yeah. that guy. Like, <laughs> right. No, I didn't see any of that. <laughs> 
had a couple of trucks just set up and they'd yeah. set up their cones in their buffer zone. Yeah. There. So, yeah, I guess he yeah. drove back, back and forth a few times, just, you know, being the, being the guy, like, and that's perfect. Like so that's what you get. Yeah, you get literally the, every call. Yeah, you get the <laughs> idiot who does not, isn't watching exactly. or he like, pulls up and he's like, Oh, my house is just right there. Well, where? Well, like, you know, like 10 kilometers that way. As they're driving what? through the fire trucks. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh yeah. yeah. Well, we had that with that call just north of town. Like we had the highway shut down. And, and luckily, it wasn't a terrible crash. But mm. the way that, like, you know, it, it's highway speed, two lane, and when two vehicles meet, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be a disaster. And both of them were, like, scattered around yeah. all over the highway. Like, there was no safe way through for anybody. Um, and there had to be investigation there, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So we just shut it down. Like, I, back five years ago, maybe more. Like, we were so scared to shut down the highway. Mm -hmm. The moment that we got there, like, luckily, there was a sheriff that was there. So there was already an emergency vehicle, lights on. So he had the one, he had, he had the one lane blocked off. I blocked off the other. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is our scene. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure everything's safe. Let's make sure the patients are safe first. Like, that's our number one priority. That car behind me is not a priority. Because yeah. you're in your vehicle, safe and sound. You can be there, and you can be late for whatever you're about to do. This is priority one. And this guy just starts driving through. And I'm like, what? Hey, like, you got to go. Like, ambulance wasn't even there yet. Yeah. So, like, I need this lane clear. And he's like, I just got to go right up this way. And I'm like, where? And he says, oh, I'm just right on the other side of this and this and this. on the other side of the accident. Yeah, I'm literally on the other side of the accident. I'm like, cool. Get back in line. He's like, no, I'm just going to go and... I was on the verge because it was like right on that moment he was like he wasn't backing down and I was a, a little bit less professional than I wish I, I would have been but like he just wasn't listening Ash is a, a much uh, smaller red button than you and I do Todd <laughs> <laughs> I have a big easy button on mine yeah. <laughs> my red button that I can push my stop like, sign would have been through his yeah. windshield like, right in front of his face yeah. <laughs> so it was so early we didn't have all that done yet right? like we were just getting traffic control set up like, there was a lineup of 20 cars that were waiting patiently, and this guy just drove on the other side of the road right yeah. up. And, like, I could hear EHS responding in the background. Like, they're on their way, and this guy still isn't moving. And I'm like, there's an am there is an, um, an ambulance coming right now. You need to get the fuck out of the road. And he looks at me like, Ugh. and then you can hear it, and he beetles himself back. And I'm like, man, like, come on. But, like, I just, I'm just going to drive through. And, like, there was no viable driveway through I think there was no space there was car parts and shit everywhere yeah. like you could not physically drive through like when the ambulance was getting itself turned back after they like loaded up the patient you could hear like like we tried to get yeah, everything out of the yeah, way but they were still like like oh shit we'll just get this out of the, out of the way quick quicker for it because there was no uncluttered area Debris everywhere. yeah and this yeah. guy's still trying to like weasel himself through but yeah and you know if you drove through and got a flat or something you'd be oh, like now oh, these firefighters didn't stop me yeah, exactly. It, it it would go the other way. Well, New Year's right last this last year, you know, I'm the chief and I we we or we all got caught to an accident. But mm -hmm. Power pole hit power line, power lines down. Uh, they were were they on the, on the road or were they were almost on the road? They no, were, it was hanging low. Um, utilities is there fixing. The utilities it. was there, yeah, because yeah, it, it sheared the yeah. pole and it was hanging low. It was literally at eleven at night <laughs> when this goes off. So. Uh, the chief and I are like, you know what? Everybody else go join New Year's. We'll hang out because I was duty officer. So I'm sitting there. And like, <laughs> so I'm on the sort, north, uh, south end of the accident. He's on the north and we're sitting. 
and like quarter to twelve, this friggin' car pulls up. This car is like driving by, and it like I have the lights on, blocking the road. He's driving by, and he starts driving around the the tailgate of my of the duty truck. I'm like, <laughs> so I get out. I'm like, hey, I got my stop sign. I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> and he just keeps driving. It's ignoring me. I'm like, hey. So I'm like, I'm like banging on his roof with my hand. And then he keeps driving. So now I'm like, okay, banging on his windshield with my stop sign. <laughs> Pretty hard. I wasn't saying I was trying to break it, but if it broke, <laughs> didn't. Finally, he stops and he gets out. He's like, what the fuck's your problem? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so him and I had an exchange of words. <laughs> they were not festive words. <laughs> Anyways, he gets it. I get his, he's like, I didn't see him. I'm like, like, are you didn't see all the lights <laughs> and the truck that is like pl- blocking? Is it normal for a truck to be parked in the road? Yeah, no. And he and he didn't seem like it. Like I was like, oh, this guy's probably drunk. He didn't mm-hmm. seem intoxicated. He just seemed like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, kind of, he started backing up. Almost backed up into the oncoming traffic and then took off. I'm like, oh my god. Like it's just like it's always that traffic control thing. It's yeah. just. Yeah. It's, it's probably the most dangerous part of our job, that or driving to a scene. Yeah. yeah. Those are the two it, most it dangerous parts of our job. When you're, when you're there. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I almost got wiped out the other day going through the intersection. Uh, people are stopped, and then as I'm coming through, one guy decides, oh, I'm going to take, now it's my turn to take a left. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. right in front of me. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> jam the brakes. Especially when you start doing layered responses, right? Because generally they see the, the first truck. Yeah, and that's like, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then, yeah. Uh, yeah, the chief almost got wiped out because I was, I, we, were going to, we were going to a call and went behind this pickup truck. He doesn't pull over, doesn't pull over. Finally, he, Pulls over from, you can see him in the mirror, look at me. So he pulls over. I go past him and I look in my mirror and he he's immediately, as soon as I pass him, cuts back in the lane. The chief's like, ah! he has to hit the brakes. Yeah. People, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So that's why, you know, even in yeah, traffic control, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to make your training you right, know, as control. realistic. <laughs> And Adam sounds like he was doing a really good job of making it as realistic as possible. And, you know, for some, some of the newer guys uh, that haven't seen how stupid people can be, like, it would mm-hmm. look funny with him doing it. But when you're out on scene, like, that's something that is realistic that you are going to see. People don't. They lose their head when they either see flashing lights or they see an accident. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they just, they can't think. And I, I don't know what it is about humanity, but, man, people lose their minds out there. I think to bring it back all the way around where I was going to say, before we got, like, the word about back about 20 minutes now, bringing this playbook thing in, right, I think, yeah, at. here we are, yeah, ding, ding. Um, I, I think we have now beat the dead horse of how much it's, you know, potentially kind of brought us in line. I think our training was really good, and it didn't force us but we 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 then adapted and have gotten so much stronger with it Mm -hmm. but we had a good set of skills it reorganized it reorganized your training exactly make more sense it took good skills and just a little bit of a shuffle made it even better but now let's look at departments that don't have that or didn't have that don't have the facilities that we have it it does give them and i get so does nfpa 1001 standards and yada yada but this gave them at least a benchmark gave gave them an idea of where they needed to be. Um, a lot of the rural departments, the smaller ones, um, which then handcuffed them if they didn't know how to read it properly, 
where they had to go out and spend a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, if they don't have that, it gave them this exterior ops only opportunity, which never settle for that. Sure, you get your exterior, but then train beyond it. Yeah, because the exterior ops, um, there is a train the trainer course. So it allowed even the smallest department to mm-hmm. go get some guys trained to yeah. teach exterior ops only. Um, but then if you looked at it, you can actually, oh, you can also teach interior. Um, there was just no train the trainer for it. So, mm-hmm. but you could teach it as long as you're following the standards. So that's what we ended up doing. Um, a lot of departments like yourself, um, you guys went to, went through the, the, yeah, the third party, um, schooling. That's right. Right. Yeah. You know, like you said, talking about, if you're a department that's just exterior ops, I think that the next step is immediately push for that interior as best you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not be able to afford to get everybody through, but if you can get enough through to get that classification, <clears throat> that is a huge starting point because nobody's going to want to be there and be in that situation where you're you know, drilled into your head that you're exterior only, knowing that there could be a save in there that mm-hmm. you have to do. And if it's just a structure, if it breaks it down to it's just a structure fire, everybody's out, yeah. you're going to do what you can to save it. Yeah. But we are here for life safety and... You know, ultimately, we want to make sure we can get somebody out if they're in there. Mm-hmm. That'd be a horrible situation to be in. And, and that's it, when we talk about <clears throat> VIS stuff too, right? And because that's you know that's that it's kind of the newer not necessarily that new anymore. It used to be new, mm-hmm. but but if you don't know how to do it, it's it sounds ridiculous. It sounds freaking crazy when you first hear about it. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, I but know when we first started doing it, people were like, "What? what are you're not going in with a hose line? Like you're not? What? What? Yeah, I remember when I first brought it up." Yeah. It took a little bit of a uh, little bit of gentle uh, gentle massaging, because <laughs> I was like, "Okay, so we're gonna do this search now," and they're like, "Okay, I'm like, yeah, so we're gonna go actually go into the uh, bedroom window." All right, I'm like, "Yeah, uh, so let's try that." So they go in, and I think we might have did it the first time with the hose. <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, so what if we just left the hose out?" It was pretty. Uh, what if that just happened? <laughs> <laughs> And then, then it, it came out to be like, yeah, this is actually how we're supposed to do it. We, mm-hmm. we isolate the room by closing the door, mm-hmm. da, 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 you know, basically, it, basically, it was it was called VES at the time. I think it's, a lot of people still yeah, call it VES. Yeah. But as we said before, the I is the most important part. It is. Yes. The isolating part is the, is the most important part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the it's the risk versus because that's what it reward, saves. right? Like it, it it's a high risk, yeah. but it's a high reward because there yeah. you're not just going in and doing a VIS in, in a room just because yeah, it's no, you're, sure. you're saying no, um, this person is missing. Their bedroom is there. That's yeah. probably where they're going to be. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There we go. That gives me enough yeah. probable cause that, Hey, we, that's what we're going to do. We need we're to do go this. and do this. Well, on the one time, like, so we were training it for two or three years and then we had a fire. We told this story before. Yeah. I think we had a fire not too far from here and, uh, it came in structure fire. It was early morning. Um, the one captain gets there and he's like, there's kids toys in the front yard. He goes, and the neighbors don't, haven't seen the family. So I remember I was, I was captain of the truck. I'm like, crap. So we pull up, um, start getting the hose lines ready. Um, the, I guess that would be the Charlie side. I guess if we're, it was, it was kind of a weird area cause it was an alley. So mm-hmm. whatever that size would do, the Charlie side was fully involved. Like, yeah. It was like, there was a picture of it. It was like. Fully on fire, like trees are burning, cars are like everything's on fire. Were you on this side? So we were yeah. on the Charlie. 
Yeah, it was insanity on our side, and we heard the comms that you were going in, and I'm like, what the shit is happening on that <laughs> side? Because it was crazy on our side. So you were truck one, we were truck yeah. truck two, and just that that the difference, the picture, mm-hmm. and I guess why I always hate the like, is this a go or a no no go photo? Yeah. Well, if you saw it from my side, that's a no go. No go, right? There's nothing. That, like I never would have put anybody yeah. in there. But mm-hmm. the from side. my side, I was like, you know, we took the window because right away I'm like, we're VIS, and uh, I, you know, I the other guys I was with, they were still fairly new, so I'm like, I kind of look at them, I'm like, I guess I'm doing it because <laughs> they, were, I could just tell by the body language, they're like, how about you try this first one and I'll do the next one. <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> so take the window, you know, uh, totally cleared it because that was one of the things with VIS. You don't want to have like just yeah. smash and crawl, start crawling through from glass. It's like a break and rake in full, yeah. like clear it. So we take take that. That that takes longer than you think because you know you're in in a training building. You don't have a window to really break. So mm-hmm. ripping that, you're like crap. You know, um, um, weather stripping's getting away. Yeah. Curtains are getting hung up. So you're doing that, yeah. doing that. As you're doing that, you're watching the smoke layer. So I'm, I remember watching the smoke layer, and I'm like, okay, it's like light brown. And it's pretty thick, but it's light brown. All right, so keep raking, get it clear. Um, use the stool, the step with the Halligan. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember going in and hitting the ground. I'm like, and just at, this, at the moment when you hit the ground, I'm like, oh, like, this is this is really happening. Because <laughs> now I'm inside this room that this house is on fire, and I'm inside this bedroom with no hose line. Mm-hmm. But... You know, you have that backup guy stick his head through the window, yeah. and he's got the thermal camera. So yeah. you're like, right away, you're like, sweet. You can look back. I could see the glow from the window. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately crawl to the door, close it, and then obviously it's pretty cool because we have a picture of it. That's right. When I did that, and you can see my search pattern yeah. up and down the wall. Um, luckily, it was uh, it was like uh, what was in there? It was uh, just a chair, I think, like a, a lazy boy, and I think a table or something. There wasn't really much in there. So what it turned out is actually the owners had moved out. Or the, the, the renters had moved out and they just had left some of the stuff behind. Yeah. Um, so we did the search, bail back out, and you you don't realize how tired you get when you're f- first doing a search. And that's why it always comes down to, you know, um, having that extra crew and extra, mm-hmm. you know, not trying to be like, I can handle all this searching. Like, even in training, like, you know, we try to cycle the guys out. They're like, oh, I can do the next one. I'll do the next one. No, it's like, because no, in real time, you're adrenaline you're everything spiked so i remember diving back out i'm like Whew. and i look at kevin and i'm like you're up next he's like okay so we go to the next window because he saw that one was successful we go to the next window we took that window and instantly it was like heavy black smoke came pouring out and we're kind of like mm. we kind of look at each other i'm like not that's viable. a no-go yeah. like we're not going and that turned out that was actually a kind of a weird like open living room i guess kind of thing yeah but there's mm. it was and there the, was the bigger room yeah there was no door to isolate and that's yeah. why that was like mm-hmm. so it was pushing from the from the charlie side into this into this room mm-hmm. so we ended up actually uh venting and pushing in and, and putting it out that way but that's where it's so important to do more of that training right like because if you are again let's say if you're an exterior department but you know you need you're pushing for your interior you need that ability and experience to be able to make those decisions right. for a go or no go whether it's uh, now is it a viable, viable save? Um, again, that risk versus benefit, uh, you know. And sometimes these older homes, we may not know exactly what the interior is going to look like. Because that room, no, that house made no sense. Yeah, you might you might look <laughs> no, at a window exactly. and be like, "Yep, that's a bedroom window," but no, it might not be. It might like you said, lead into a living room. Well, yeah. then, okay, now that that level of smoke and the color of smoke and the volume and everything else, 
you're able to make that decision. That, no, this is different. It's a no-go. Mm-hmm. Back out. Yeah, and there's so many points there that you can take. Like, you know, so you take take out that window, and just like any time prior to going in, you got to wait. And you read that, that, that smoke level that's mm-hmm. coming out, that smoke color that's coming out. It's going to tell you so much. Yeah. And then again, like, getting that thermal camera at the window, even before you go in, mm-hmm. is key. Because that's going to check. So you can sound your floor directly in front of you, but then you can do a quick room sweep as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to sound the floor, jump in, and then your backup guy comes up behind you with thermal. Or if you have it, you break, rake, clean, look, sound, sound that floor, and then do a sweep, and then drop the thermal to the guy behind you. There's a lot of options there, but getting that full picture. So even if that smoke level wasn't, or that, that smoke wasn't giving you the same signs that you were, if you had the view of that thermal, you would get a really good picture of like, hey, this might be a larger room than what mm-hmm. we initially thought. Um, you're never going in there blind. Yeah. Like, sure, you might not be able to see, but you're not blind. So I guess that goes back to the question is, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. when you're not trained to do that mm-hmm. so this goes back to the, if you're not training that no one's gonna f- pull that shit out of their ass in the heat of the moment yeah. like, i'm gonna vis this room mm-hmm. you yeah. are <laughs> does your partner does your partner know what to do yeah <laughs> does anyone else like oh i read it in a book does your partner know what's about to happen does he know what to do like no you can't just make mm-hmm. that stuff up mm-hmm. well not only that they start talking about written and everything else right like there's, there's yeah. so many layers to this it's ridiculous but and that's why it's it's so important to make that next step to interior. Mm-hmm. I think it Man. goes back to, like you're trying to say, I think, with that picture that you posted, is don't preach something yeah. don't tell people department that, yeah. if you're not trained to, to do it. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. tell people, oh, just close your door because we'll come rescue you. Mm-hmm. Well, we might not be coming to rescue you. <laughs> yeah. We are. <laughs> but yeah. maybe some other department isn't. Um, or maybe we aren't because maybe the... Maybe the freaking building's collapsing. Maybe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one, right? There's, yeah. It's that what if that nobody wants to be. Like, if you look at the playbook, um, exterior is fairly lengthy. It's like 15 skills to it or something, exterior. Interior actually only has like four or five skill sets to it. Yeah. Um, there's like RIT, there's um, interior fire attack. Uh, there's a couple things. Uh, not much, but those are the things that are, that are the kind of the most dangerous things mm-hmm. um and you have, you have to have a good base of exterior to do the interior yeah i mean interior actually doesn't take long to learn but it's more there's these intricate little skills you get to know mm-hmm. and that's where it comes in because like like we were just explained vis sort of we didn't really go through the whole thing but right just to try to do that on a whim so, yeah. <laughs> like you say you're never pulling that skill set out of your ass like that's something that, like that's something that we drill you know, like, we'll have training nights, and like Scott just said, like, we're going to have upstairs VIS, main main floor, plus a fire attack. Like, these are skill sets that you have to drill in. Um, well, I, th- I think uh, Comox, this is a department on the island, mm-hmm. those guys, I think literally every week, they do VIS practice. Right. Like, one of their crews is doing a VIS practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't do it that often. We do it fair, we do a, fair, a fair amount. Quite a bit. It's a pretty, like... It's one of those, uh, we, are, we were having a training meeting on my other job the other day, and we are discussing um, um, high risk versus low frequency, yeah, and then low risk versus high frequency. So we were, because we were talking about doing some extra training, and I said, well, we should split the training into kind of two two halves. Like, you got to go, you got to look at, 
high high risk, low frequency. So that would be like your VIS. Like doesn't happen that often, mm-hmm. but when it happens, it's 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 dangerous. Yeah. Versus um, going an alarm response. <laughs> yeah. High frequency, fairly low risk. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to be able to drive there without crashing, basically, <laughs> and understand yeah. how the alarm panel works, yeah. <laughs> and usually like not actually have a fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, we don't really train. You don't really train alarm responses. Right. Yeah. Every call is a training. Yeah, every time every you go to time alarm, you drive yeah. is a training factor for that. One. Yeah, but there's other you know smaller calls like mm-hmm. kind of these new like like say a car fire. A car fire is fairly you know it's it's like mid frequency it happens a fair mm-hmm. amount. Yep. But it's it's kind of that mid risk. It's not mm-hmm. a I wouldn't say it's high risk because you can lob water it and put it out. Um, if you charge up like an idiot <laughs> and the steering column blows, you're, you're right. Gonna... Then it's high risk. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. what gain, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Use our reach stream and everything else. And that's dumpster fires. Yeah. Prime example, right? Yeah. Like you see a lot of people just running up to it and say, well, why? It's a dumpster. Whereas it's literally where people put their crap. Yeah. <laughs> people, people get rid of their shit that they don't want to deal with at the dump. So <laughs> God knows what's in there. You know, actually going back to that car fire comment, we had well, a yeah. car fire recently or a vehicle fire recently that the steering column did explode and it happened before our guys were on were just getting on scene getting the hoses rolling Mm -hmm. and i have seen videos of where departments charge right in to a vehicle fire and cover and start (laughs) flooding the vehicle and you know you've got all that magnesium that might be in some vehicles um that you're throwing water onto that's burning um, and what happens with magnesium when it's wetted, when it's burning, it sparks and looks super awesome yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> but that particular car fire, it I'm, was one of the officers on scene and... You were the first on scene, weren't you? I, Bob, Bob or I was. Yeah, really close I to the first. I crawled yeah. through somebody's property <laughs> to get there because <laughs> I didn't know which driveway to go down. Um, but I, I had my camera out uh, to film the guy's attacking it Mm. and as i was doing that just as they were getting the hoses out the steering column blew and it made me think of those videos where you see those departments roll in run in well there's thick black smoke rolling out of the vehicle Mm -hmm. and there was debris that flew off of that right so Mm, that's why we hit it from a distance first. I, I like Rob's advice after, uh, after the steering column blew. Like, be careful. Two seconds after, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> but actually, there uh, the same. Or no, what was it? A couple of days later, we had that burn complaint call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got a burning complaint call, and I'm driving there in a duty truck, and I, I'm like, I, I'm not a big fan of going code three to burn complaints because it's a burn complaint. But also, I'm you know, I also don't like getting stuck in traffic, and sometimes burn complaints. End up not being just yeah. a burn complaint. Mm-hmm. And in this instance, it was not a burn complaint. It was actually uh, I, I pull up. I'm like, oh, that's a pretty black smoke for a burn complaint. I'm fine. These, I'm like, these morons are burning like a mattress. What are these guys doing? I pull up and there's a vehicle on fire in this driveway. I'm like, Ooh. so that transition right away to, I you know I called and we actually upgraded the alarm uh, to a vehicle fire. But I didn't tell you this. Yeah, I went up and. Uh, I started banging on the door to get, because it was fairly close to the house, so I started banging on their front door, and sure enough, boom! <laughs> Stereo oh, yeah. blue. I'm like, ah, Jesus! I mean, I'm as fair as it's off, but I was like, ah, stupid thing! Every time it gets me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but so that, you know, they're fairly high frequency, yeah. but they're that mid-risk thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, what was I going with that? 
Right. Oh, training wise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but if you don't, so again, back to the exterior operations, most of the exterior operation stuff is fairly, is, is kind of into that um, high frequency, lower risk because mm-hmm. you're lobbing water at it from a yeah. distance. Yeah. Um, when you start getting interior, that's when it starts getting to that higher risk. Yeah. But you need to train it. Rit. Um, how often do we have to pull a down firefighter out? Never had to do it. Have you? Mm-hmm. No. no. None of us nope. have ever had to do it. Um, but we train it. Absolutely. A lot. Mm, a you lot. should. Yeah. And you know, so we had that the other night where we trained it. Um, and some of our rookies, it was kind of their first mm. taste. Like they've, like we've talked about it. We've kind of walked through it, but we've, we've never done any hands on. And we had a really good mixed bag of, of uh, firefighters in our group. And it was really good to see. Like there was a couple of, like, I don't want to say rough moments. Um, like where guys could have like got that SCBA bottle cradled a little bit better. So the uh, firefighter was stable. Uh, oh, don't want the CPR. Yeah. Yeah. So like doing firefighter down uh, CPR. So again, like that's like having to jump on a chest out on scene is like, I hope to never have to do that, but that's the skill set that can save one of us. And like, we kind of joked around about that. Like, you know, you guys aren't going to be in there saving you guys. You're going to be saving us because we're all, Old and shitty now. So. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a little bit. Yeah, of I'm a little actually. By the end this week, I'll be a little older. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's my birthday. So, <laughs> so we're like, you know, these are the skill sets. But seeing how those skills, like we haven't touched on that for a while, mm-hmm. and Wait, I'm the oldest guy in here. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I'm not shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not shitty. Yeah. Um, the skills were were still there. Um, and it was really good to see. So again, like you're training for these skills that you hope to never have to use. Like that's something that you want to have dialed and never need it. That's right. Um, versus a car fire, you know, I used to rush to the hall and rush to a car, car fire. I think it was my favorite thing because it was car like, fires are pretty fun. It's awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. But now, like, I think the funniest car fire that we had was when some idiots broke into our training ground and lit six of our cars on fire. And there's video, and I think you can see me getting off the truck, and I could give two fucks about it. I'm like, (laughs) (sighs) all right, I want a team over here, stretch a line, a team over here, stretch a line. And, like, it was the most, like, just... But also that's uh, familiarity of location. Like, Mm -hmm. you know there's nothing around that's going up. Like when yeah. it's next to someone's house, you're like, Ugh. yeah. There's, there's like, there's no exposure. There's a little bit yeah, of urgency there's nothing on this there, one. right? It's yeah. definitely a bit more urgency, but I think not to that extreme. Right. But it's definitely like if you see like a rock and structure fire, like I don't care who we are in this room, everybody gets jacked. Like it's still yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, shitty for them, but like, yeah. like this is happening. This is what we trained for. We're about to go do the thing. Yeah, you start getting that we trained yeah. for, right? Yeah a car fire even if there's exposures like there's 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 things that like you're elevated but it's a car fire it's contained and you want to make sure it stays like that so yeah. you know you, your brain's thinking okay i got exposures power lines there's, yeah. a, there's a million things that you're you know thinking about but i find especially myself i'm a lot more calm yeah. well even the other night when i pulled up and it was a car fire and mm-hmm. see, you pull up thinking of a burn complaint and i pull up and i'm like oh and Probably on the radio was probably a little bit more like, "Hey, this is a car fire!" Like yeah. I was a little bit more excited, but then mm-hmm. right away I'm like, "Yeah," I pull in and like, yeah, "Car fire!" I get out, grab my jacket, mm-hmm. wander up to the house, bang, 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 bang on the door, boom! 
<laughs> and then, you know, but I'm like looking at the house, I'm like, yeah, like I can hear the engine coming. I'm like, yeah, I don't think he's exploring. Like it, it was starting to melt the siding a little bit. I'm like, truck will get here in plenty of time. Power lines are safe. I'm like, we're pretty yeah, safe. Yeah, do your like, assessment, yeah. Yeah, we're pretty good. So I was pretty mellow when the truck yeah. arrived. Yeah. If it was any closer, yeah. um, you had water on board that you easily could have yeah, some, yeah. some Yeah, I was thought about that later. I'm like, eh. but, <laughs> yeah, but it could have cooled it, yeah. Right? Like, I've, I've been a, a, you know, a very similar thing where you get there with the officer truck and you're like, I can start doing something, you know, but you have to assess. Like, okay, yeah. now I'm going to get sucked right in yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. not going to see the big, big picture. I'm going to see nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you do? Yeah. So you kind of have to have that assessment quick. Like, is this going to spread to the house? Like, do I need to get involved now? Or is this truck coming with five guys and all of the water and yeah. all of the skill set to deal with this? Yeah. We're going to let them do it. Yeah, right. Um, and, you know, luckily it's worked. <laughs> I think back to what you said a little while ago, Todd was um, talking about cost of training, like cost of becoming interior. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think some people use that. I'm not saying you did, um, but people, some people use that as a, um, like, a like a crutch or a, like a reason to not train. Mm-hmm. Cause I always hear that. Well, oh, it's too expensive. It's like, well, what's expensive about it? They're like, well, you know, you guys are lucky you got a training ground. I'm like, do you guys have a dump? Like literally, do you have a garbage dump in your in your in your area? Most people do. Most people can find a place. We happen to yeah. find a, an awesome place right by us. If we didn't have that place, we would have found another place. Guaranteed, mm-hmm. we would have found a gravel pit. We would have found someone that was willing to give us an area. It might not have been as cool as this. Yeah. Um, but we would have found a place where we could have dropped a sea can or two. Mm-hmm. And like I tell these departments when they come train, I'm like, all you need is like literally, you you don't need. 20 stacks of sea cans and like even what we have it's pretty skookum yeah but we don't really need to have a second story i mean we use it mm-hmm. but we don't need it we used to just use our old fire hall yeah long time right like, but, you, but you can't light yeah. it on fire so no, like, no you can't yeah. light it on fire but yeah. at least like you would still go well, through the motions <laughs> yeah we would have liked to um <laughs> but there's still you still go through the motions of, of yeah. throwing the ladders going in the windows you know like doing your searches and doing everything else right yeah. so you're, st- <coughs> you're still getting the basics but then if you don't have that ability to have your own burn building there's usually then start budgeting for it uh-huh. okay, maybe we're not gonna have like there is some departments that you know they have zero budget and yeah. it's uh-huh. all on donations and stuff yeah. okay so maybe it's gonna take you a year to budget for a handful of guys for the next year to go to somewhere yeah. But like what I tell people, like you could like a sea can is well now they're like two grand, three grand, whatever they are. Sea so cans now for like six grand. Oh, it's yeah, they're crazy. a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they used to be two, three grand. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you can get one for three or four. Yeah. So even three or four grand isn't that much, like really. A simple fundraiser can probably get you three yeah. or four yeah. grand. And you can do a lot. Like we do a lot with one sea yep. can. Mm-hmm. We happen to have more, but we do a lot with just mm-hmm. we have one sea can, and we kind of proved this at the seminar. We drop one sea can down. And we built a wooden hallway off of it. Yeah. yeah. And I remember our guys, well, it wasn't always going to catch on fire. I'm like, yeah, and we're going to put it out. Because <laughs> it didn't have, like, it, it was a stud wall and we had some plywood mm-hmm. on it. And I remember, like, probably five burns in, the heat got pretty intense. Like, it was mm-hmm. ro- it was rocking on the sea can. Like, we had, you know, rocking in there and it was rocking down this hallway. And, yeah, the freaking hallway caught on fire. I'm like, okay, we'll put it out. You guys are firefighters. So they would want to go down the hallway, put it out. You know, the plywood lasted, like, because it was a seminar, so it lasted two two days, the entire weekend, Mm -hmm. so it lasted, Mm -hmm. like, probably 30 burns. So we had probably three years' worth of 
um, anyone else's practices. So if yeah. you take your like a small department, you, you probably we probably had three years worth of practices on yeah. that one secan. We didn't cement the floor because we wouldn't be able to lift it and put it over where we needed it. That's right. We just left the floor wooden floor in. I think we threw down some um, some, some chip rock or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Floor burnt. Again, we put it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so the, by the end, the secan was pretty beaten up. But I, I like I tell guys, I'm like that cost us two thousand bucks. Yeah. I'm like, and that we did, we did like how many burns? Yeah. Yeah. So many burns in that thing. Like we had a pallet stack. Like we had massive amounts of pallet stacks. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the weekend, that pallet stack was gone. Yeah. Um, and people just don't. They can't fathom like. They think they need this skookum building with all yeah. these um, temperature controls and gas lines and stuff. It's like, throw some shit in that burn building and light it on fire. Yeah. It's going to be awesome when you first light it up because usually the paint burns off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the first burn is pretty impressive. Right. <laughs> I still feel like if, you, if you're a department and let's say you're using that as your crutch or your excuse, saying, well, we, we don't have the budget for it, we can't. And guess what? If you say to your taxpayers, your residents, and say, hey, you know what? We are an exterior-only department. That means we cannot come in and save you if your house is on fire. You have to get out by yourself. We can't come in. Mm-hmm. We can come in if we get this amount of money to train to this level. Guess what's probably going to happen? Yeah. These residents are going to say, oh, shit. You know, yeah. yeah, maybe we could figure something out as a community. And... Toss in an extra six bucks a- annually. But I think <laughs> that's know, where it comes down right? to our two departments mm-hmm. versus these other guys who are run by regional districts. Because... Right. A town can't go to the can't go to the local fire department and say, "Hey, we want to pay for your burn building." Yeah, um, because the regional district's going to go like, "Well, no, well, we're going to put a big burn building in this city, mm-hmm. and you guys can come and work on that." Yeah, which mm-hmm. may or may not have happened. <laughs> <laughs> and then no one can come do it because it's cost prohibitive to send guys up there all the time. For sure. Yeah. You know, the flip side: make friends with some of your local departments, share resources. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge thing. Like we. We invite everybody to come here. Because we use it as our, like, we'll, we'll invite new guys down. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're, we're, we're hosting these guys tonight. Mm-hmm. And we'll be like, anybody wants to come? We always get, a, like, three or four of our yep. guys. Mm-hmm. It's extra training for them. That's right. So we'll throw our, our guys through there. Or maybe if they've got a little bit of experience, we'll get them tech. Right, yeah. so they'll go in. And or sometimes light. we just get them to sit in there, or they'll just watch. Yeah, we'll just get, and that's even more valuable. We'll just say, "Yeah, uh, you guys want to go sit in there and watch?" They're like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. So they'll just go sit mm-hmm. in. They'll just go sit and let the fire roll over them. Yeah, and they'll and be they like, can, and they get like so much double more. as a safety if something yeah. happens. Yeah. There are a set of hands in there that are ready to go. They're fresh. Uh, there's such value in that. So it's helping out your your own members if you have that that you know that kind of facility like we have there. Um, Injure. Uh, department uh, relations is huge yeah getting guys down there and like we've we've had one of the departments to the north they recently started coming back here to train and they're coming again and like they're loving it and they are a quote exterior only but they're getting that inoculation to it to where their guys if they are put in that position they can go in because they messaged us they said hey mm -hmm. you know like two weeks after they came and trained with us they had a house fire and they're like, hey, we know how to do that. They, they, I'm like, not saying they didn't know how to do it before, but they mm-hmm. like, hey, we just trained this with these guys a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So they pushed in, put it out. Nice. And they're like, yeah, we just did exactly what you did. And they said it worked exactly the way you said it would, mm-hmm. which is awesome because that's really the only reason why we're doing this. It's like, yeah. so shit exactly. works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Where the hell do we start? <laughs> Motus. Speedville. <laughs> 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 yeah, Speedville. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I don't know. we could probably go on and on about that, but Which any, we any sure well key, another key day points and... you <laughs> want to bring up, or are we kind of good for now? I think we're good. Yeah. yeah I think, yeah, ultimately, like I said, if, if you are an exterior department and you're listening to this, um, really start pushing and see what you can do uh, to take that next level to interior ops, because that's the key. It, it really is. We're, he, we're here to save lives. Or even if you're not just an exterior only, if you're an interior and you're doing dog shit training. Pick <laughs> up the train. Train harder. Be better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you say last time? Don't be a lazy bag of shit. Don't be a lazy shit. I mean, because it's easy practice when you just, like, you know, sometimes I'm like, when we're planning practices, I'm like, oh, just be easy. Just throw a pump practice on. Because mm-hmm. really, a pump practice is the easiest practice. Yeah. Hey, take those two trucks out there, park out in the field and spray some water. Yeah. Perfect. Practice night done. As a training officer, be the, as a training crew, we could be like, that'd be so easy. Just, yep. Yeah. Or, but, hey, yeah, but we'll take some ladders, for? throw some ladders up. Cool. Mm-hmm. Pumpers and ladders. Mm-hmm. Easy practice. Don't even have to think about it. We don't have to plan it. Like, that's what you could do. But that's being a lazy bag of shit. It is, yeah. Doing these big sure. scenarios, it takes a lot of effort. Yep. But it pays off. Yeah, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Every time we have a big, big one of our scenarios... There's so much that can be learned from it. So much that comes back. It stems a whole bunch of discussion. And it's great. Um, you know, I, I don't think we ever fail. But we never nail it. There, uh, there's always room. And if, always, you don't, yeah. if you don't find that, you're doing some, something wrong. Um, you know, we talk about that training to fail so you can succeed in real life. Like, all of our scenarios are, I think, harder than anything that we've really ever encountered mm-hmm out in the wild it's that's what it should be you make it super hard so you have to think about all of these things rather than just the easiness right like make it so it's hard on us to plan it make it so it's hard on you know the most seasoned firefighter and it's hard on the rookie like throw a whole bunch of things at it and it makes it better for all of us like you like when you guys did that that last one there was things that were in the way that made it hard for myself and made it hard for Bob and then made it hard for like, like Rob and Jay and Warren as officers and made it hard as, you know, for the rookies. Like there's all of these like, you know, tripping hazards, if you will, along the way that you have to like either find out how to work around it or just think and it gets everybody working together. And if you don't train hard, if you don't put all of these like hard factors in it, you might as well just throw a ladder and do a, pump a practice or whatever because mm-hmm. you can have 18 weeks of truck checks yeah you're not getting anything out of it i just yeah. i just thought of something in my head there's, you multiple, <laughs> yeah. there's there's multiple ways to complete a task did you do it from point a to point b or did you go point a point b point c point b point you know mm-hmm. did you do the easy way or did you do the right way the right way <laughs> did learn, yeah or did you did you do this? Did you do that? Did you learn this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that comes back to some of our uh, debriefs, right? Like, uh, again, we could go over hours, but, you know, I think gone are the days where you come come back to the hall and did, did the fire get out? Yep. Did we rescue the people from the car? Yep. Great job. I think everything went great. Well, sure it did. But what could we have done but better? But what could we have done better? Yeah. Like, actually have a legitimate debrief. Yeah. Like, don't pick apart, like, oh, Todd, you fucking shit the bed on that interior yeah. attack. No, hey, man, like, way to, you know, way to go in there, way to do it. But, like, what do you think we could have done different? Mm-hmm. And I bet you you know before anybody else does 
what could have went better? And if you don't know, maybe because you're newer, right? Yeah. Like, not all of us have 45 years of, you know, firefighting experience. <laughs> not <anyone. laughs> no, but that, that's why it's important, though, to have those debriefs. Uh, a legitimate and debrief. then you'll get comfortable, you know, um, owning, not necessarily a mistake, but just uh, having some ownership over, hey, you know what? If I would have done this, that would have made that much better. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I saw those guys were really struggling with this task is because I wasn't clear enough giving them right. that direction or, you know, like, so that's why it's important to do that. Mm-hmm. And then we all learn from it. Yeah. yeah. Put your ego aside. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, moving on, let's uh, move on to some shout outs there. Um, Ash, do you want to take uh, Modus? Yeah, for sure. Modus, um, Snagger tools, four entry, soft entry. Uh, they got their wedges. They're re-advertising their hydrant wrench again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that. Some pretty sweet colorways now with the identifier and everything on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really cool piece of kit. Um, check them out on their socials. Check them out on ours. And if you like what you see, DTFF5 is going to get you 5% off your order. Yeah, so they, uh, they're high-rise uh, straps now as well. That's right. And hopefully soon we see some radio harnesses. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. I know they were talking a lot about that, so that's, uh, that'd be cool to see what they come up with. Absolutely. Uh, stop the bleed. Scott? Yeah, three methods to stop the bleed is um, direct pressure, wound packing, and tourniquets. Um, keep your tourniquet on you. Um, take it out of the package. Saw some tourniquets yes. in packages the other day. I won't mention where they were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we did bring it up to them. <laughs> Hopefully, um, maybe they corrected that. I don't yeah, know. What I, don't to they, ask. I don't think they did. <laughs> Seems like somebody went over. But <laughs> anyways, yeah, tourniquets should be out of their packaging, ready to go. Because when you need it and you're bleeding, it's going to be hard as hell to yeah. <laughs> take one out. Plastic's pretty slippery when you're bleeding. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you're under pressure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, stopthebleed.org. Um, you can look up uh, where there's training or you can um, do some training yourself and become an instructor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, for um, some of the training aids and any kits and IFACs and tourniquets and all that stuff. Rescue Essentials. Uh, Rescue Essentials, they got some great gear. Um, IFACs, gear bags. Do you, put any stuff in, do you put any stuff in your gear bag yet? Yeah, I got a bit of stuff in there. I transfer, <laughs> transferred everything. Yeah, it's a big bag. Yeah, it's, it's like, all it's like a Todd kit. Yeah. <laughs> it's but, a Todd hunting kit that he forgets in his truck. <laughs> Yeah, back in camp. Yeah, uh, they've got empty bags. They've got kitted out bags. Um, mm-hmm. Check them out. They got a lot of cool looking stuff. Yeah, so rescuecentrals.com. I've got a, a quick funny story about rescue essentials. So at work, I've got a new guy who might also be a new guy here, who might also be the deputy chief's son. <laughs> so and he he is a listener. So. I don't know if he's listening to the end anymore or now, <laughs> I guess. Um, so we're kind of shooting the shit at work. We're in between tasks or whatever. And he's like, yeah, like I, I, I kind of want to put like a IFAC bag for my car or whatever together. Cause he actually gets caught in a, a bit of an accident. He, uh, he rode off his car and it got him thinking he was looking at mine and he's like, yeah, I'd really like to put one of these things together. Like uh, if only there was somewhere I could get like, all of this gear like where did i get that from i'm like you just got finished telling me that you listen to the podcast <laughs> he's like yeah why i'm like do you ever listen to the end I said, oh, I mean, maybe <laughs> like we tell you all the time rescue essentials 
So now he's like, oh man, I went and checked out. They have a lot of stuff on there. Like, they do have a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, the essentials for rescue. All, all, almost all of the essentials for rescue. So it was a pretty good story. Here's the listen to the end. That's like our gold. Our best stuff is at the end. It is. <laughs> I don't know. I have to admit, when Jocko gets to the end after his, like, like 20 people die and you know, the end of the world comes, I'm like, I'm like, uh, they start talking about rash guards from Origin Maine. I'm like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I usually pull the bin. Yeah, <laughs> Side note, they are the best rash guards. They are very awesome. nice. Uh, all right, Tanner Olson, Scott. Uh, country music out of West Coast of Canada, and uh, check them out on Instagram and Facebook and Spotify, and yeah, awesome. They're doing live shows again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, lastly, you have us. Uh, so check us out on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, and, yeah, give us a like, give us a comment, give us a follow uh, if you're already not. Um, but, yeah, we, we want to hear some, hear from you guys. So uh, send us a message and, and uh, see if there's anything that we can help you with or give us some advice on and go from there. Uh, any more? For, any more? Scott? Nope. Uh, good night. Ash? Thank you. Rob? Good night. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Stay DTFF.